Well, hello, everybody. It is July 24th, 2023, and this is your post-Open Championship edition of the Ticket to Rider podcast. I'm Rich Poland. And Stacey Ham. And we are brought to you by Stimmergen, the uh, 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 once-a-day supplement that will increase the amount of stem cells that uh, get transmitted from your bone marrow into your body. And boy, I think there were a couple of these golfers who could have used Stimmergen over the weekend. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, but Brian Harmon didn't need no Stimmergen, did he? He did not need Stimmergen, I tell you. Man, what a, what a gutsy performance. So uh, what a great Open Championship. And you know what was the best thing about this Open Championship, Stacy? Tell we, me about it. We didn't have to hear one time about live stuff. Did You, you know, that's a beauty. You're right, Rich. You nailed it. Nothing about live, huh? Yeah, no, there was nothing. Uh, you and know, and you know, I wonder why. Well, it's because, because of the DP Tour. Yeah, yeah none yeah. of their players played well, but you just didn't have to hear it. And I think part of it is, you know, that, that they've had this agreement. So, you know, there's going to be a detente between the tours, but there was no, oh, is he going to live, you know, or, yeah. or you know, the, everybody says that the live tour, because they don't play four rounds, they can't compete, but look and see how well they're doing. Uh, didn't ha hear, you know, a single live comment all week. I mean, they, they showed Cameron Smith finishing up as they should show for, yep. the, uh, for, the, for last year's championship golfer. But we just didn't have to hear it. And that was awesome. It was awesome. Hey, I don't know if you noticed, but Wyndham Clark played his last round with uh, Richard Bland. And they showed the end where he finished up and he shook his hand. It, you should have seen the shake that he gave. It was really stern. It was like you're kind of a live loser. It was a very interesting handshake that Wyndham Clark gave, it, gave uh, Richard Bland. You, you know, he just looked at him shook his hand and he walked away right away. That was it. You know, it's, it's it, kind of the fake smile kind of thing. It's very interesting because again, you know, a lot of, a lot of this animus you see on Twitter, right? You know, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the downsides of course of Twitter is that, is that people are emboldened to, to say things that perhaps they wouldn't say in public, but a lot of the live sites, the pro live sites, in, in our country, in America, are also very right-wing MAGA sites. And, yeah, yeah. and they, they can't stand Rory McIlroy. They can't stand Max Homa, who it turns out is Jewish. I don't, you know, I hope that doesn't have anything to do with it. They say bad things about Tiger, uh, who's obviously black and Asian. I hope that doesn't have anything to do right. with it. But you know who they like? They like Wyndham yeah. Clark. They like Wyndham like Clark Wyndham. because he's conservative, because he's come out as an American for America first. I don't know what that means, but conservative. And okay. they like Brian Harmon. Why do you think yeah, they like Brian well, Harmon? Right? Yeah. Because he's a hunter. Well, because he's a hunter. And I, and, I, and I guess they assume that because he's a hunter, that he's a conservative as well. Yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, my father-in-law is a hunter and he's liberal. So, you know, I don't know, but it, it, it shouldn't be politicized. Really. It shouldn't be politicized. And by the way, Rich, it's not Twitter. It's X now. It is X. I saw that change today. Yeah, X. He changed it to X. What a way to ruin You pay $44 billion for a company. You're not making any money, and now you go, that Twitter was the best, that, that bird was the best thing about it. You know what? I, tweet, I, tweet. I didn't know that 
for certain. I hadn't seen that, but I, yeah, I went on my on my on my Twitter account today, and I, it was it said X, and it didn't make any sense to me. But now yeah. you have just made sense. Hey, everybody, we have an X account for for the Ticket to Rider podcast. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we have an X account. But you know, getting back to this whole so this, this there's a, I don't know if you listened to the post game those British uh uh I don't know that. Uh, the reporters, man, they ask some crazy questions. So they're asking, I'm listening to the post, uh, the, you know, the interview of Brian Harmon. So they asked Brian Harmon, you, you hunt. And the guy was like, hey, I, well, do you shoot rare animals? Brian Harmon's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. He goes, no, I don't hunt. I don't shoot rare animals, big game animals. And he goes, what do you use? Brian Harmon says, I only use a bow and arrow. That's what he said. He goes, I only use a bow and arrow. And the guy was like, how far? Can you shoot? He goes, well, he goes 80 feet. He goes, but I wouldn't want to get in front of me. He goes, because from 40 feet, I'm real dangerous. That's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. So he, he doesn't use rifles. He uses bow and arrow to shoot, to kill animals. I mean, to hunt. That's what he does. You know, you know, I'm not yeah. a hunter. You're not a hunter. But if I was going to be, I'd use bow and arrows. It's more sporting, right? You give, you give it's the animal. sporting. Yeah. But you have to be and good. And it's really precise, like golf. Because he goes, and Brian Harmon was like, yeah. Uh, that's why my hands are good. That's what he said. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, yeah. Stacy. I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I was happy to watch the Open Championship, but you know what? I got to tell you, I feel like in the 30s when they when they ended Prohibition, you know, and and everybody was partying all over America because they ended Prohibition. That's how I feel. Uh, and that's how all Washington football fans feel this week because Dan Snyder is out. And the new owners are so cool. They're so cool. They interviewed the new owner. That dude is super cool. Yeah. So check this out. Check this out. So um, the the new owner is this guy, Josh Harris. He's my age, and he grew up in D.C. at the same time I did. I don't know him. His co-owners, his big biggest two co-owners, of course, are Magic Johnson, You know who's awesome. I mean, who's a more positive person on this planet than Magic Johnson? He's the best. Uh, yeah, he's the best. He he's really best. is. But the other guy is this guy named Mitchell Rails. Nobody knows Mitchell Rails. He's, he's, you know, he's a very private person. But he and his brother uh, formed this company called Danaher, which is a, like, it's like a tech company, but they're like one of these companies yeah. that comes in and, 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 buys up companies and makes them better and then sells them off and consulting. Yeah, it's a really good company. Actually. It's a really good company. Yeah. It's, it's apparently, and he's legendary as just, it's just the model of how to do this industry. Not, you know, you know, the old day when, uh, uh, I remember when I was a kid, you always thought about the companies that came in and bought up companies and then, and then took them apart and sold them as evil, right. You know, firing people, but apparently this company Danaher, doesn't do that. They just buy companies and figure out how they can run better and, and prop them up and then they sell them, but they don't fire yeah. people. They're not, they're not evil. They're, they're, you know, apparently good folks. But anyway, I called my cousin, Ron Abrams last night. I don't, I don't know. I, I'll have to tell Ron to listen to, listen to this podcast. He's a big golf. He's a big golfer. Um, but my cousin, Ron Abrams was, I don't know if I've ever talked about him on this podcast. He was my, he was my hero growing up. So Ron uh, uh, is Jewish, obviously. My family's Jewish. Ron played quarterback at Cheltenham High School. Do you know who his running back was? Uh, let's see. 
I know Sheltonham High School. Okay. He would be about 70 years old right now. I think Ron's maybe oh, a little older. Jim Brown? Nope. Nope. Do you know who the most famous, one of the most famous athletes in the history of Philadelphia, uh, not named Wilt Chamberlain is? Reggie Jackson. He's he, Reggie oh, Jackson. Yeah, okay. Reggie Jackson was his running back. He played wow. basketball, football. He was a three-sport athlete. He was best uh, at football. And he went to Penn State as a linebacker and played a couple years for Penn State as a linebacker. And then, you know, he's a lawyer. He came to D.C. Uh, you know, they didn't have any money. He and my cousin Barbara, uh, they, you know, they had a little baby. So they actually stayed with my with my mom and with my, with my folks and I, my mom and my dad and I. Uh, in our house for, you know, for a few months until they had enough money to buy a house. And Ron was an amazing athlete. He played these, you know, in this, in this highly competitive, you know, mostly Jewish uh, flag football league. And he had a rifle for an arm. He was a quarterback and like the MVP of the league, but he also played in rec basketball leagues and rec uh, uh, fast pitch. They did fast pitch softball. And Ron was whenever I needed, it, it was actually, I was, I was kind of a, I was kind of a jerk one year because I needed like a partner for a father-son tennis tournament and I wanted to win. And my dad wasn't really very good. So I didn't tell my dad about the tournament. I had Ron play with me and we, oh, won, the, and we won the tournament. I, I felt bad though. My dad, after that, I always played with my dad, but Oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I called did your Ron. dad. Did Ron tell your dad he won? Uh, I probably, I probably felt guilty and told him. But anyway, I'm sorry up there, Dad. Uh, but anyway, I'm talking to Ron yesterday. I just called him off out of the blue. He's a Philadelphia fan through and through, but they've lived in Washington now for you know for 35 years. And he says, he says, yeah. Do you remember when you used to come to those softball games with me? And I was like, yeah, I used to, I used, you know, I was probably like 10 years old or something. And I would come to these softball games and watch Ron pitch because he was my, he was my idol. He was probably, you know, 26, 27 years old times, my idol. Uh, uh, he goes, do you remember there was a kid on our softball team who batted, who batted cleanup and he could hit the ball a freaking mile. He was the best hitter on the team. And I'm like, I think so. And he goes, that was Mitchell Rails. I'm like, what? Oh, really? That's the that's the Seriously? that's the billionaire. And he goes, yeah, he was a hell of a baseball player, uh, but apparently wow. he was a good football player too. I mean, he he told a story about uh, being in some tryout camp to try to get a scholarship at Maryland, and and quickly realized that although he was an all all met player in D.C., he wasn't going to make a career as a football player and went into business. So, anyway, apparently wow. I met Mitchell Rails, but it was a long ass time ago, and I he wouldn't you know wouldn't remember. Does your cousin keep in touch with him? Are they still I friends or not? Really I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, okay, but anyway, this is just a good story. It's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> so anyway, we're uh, it's 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 like prohibition. Uh, Feel very I good, love it. very very good, and, and and training camps are starting all over the NFL and probably college ball. The training camps are starting. We're going to have uh, King football, uh, but until then, uh, we've got we've got. I think we need. A, I, hold on. I think we need a little break from sports. You know, I think we need to take a hiatus. The world needs to shut down from sports for like a month. Didn't you know, it, from, didn't it do that during <laughs> COVID? Well, you know, I think I need another refresher. I mean, maybe we should do it every August. There's no sport, you know, just training camp. But like baseball's got to go on. So, God, knows. I tell you what, Rich, there's some bad baseball teams. I mean, I was watching that Red Sox uh, Mets, and they're talking about how bad the Mets are and all these pitchers they got, and they might have no trade clauses. Well, I think Verlander should be traded to somewhere where he can win again. And I think, you know, 
all these guys, they, they've wasted so much money on these players and the teams and they're terrible, right? Well, the Mets, you know, they have this new owner, Steve Cohen, who's one of the richest owners in pro sports and kind of like, you know, I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but kind of like Dan Snyder in the early days, he's playing fantasy baseball. And in baseball, when you sign a bunch of older guys, you know, it's not always going to go well. I mean, he signs Max Scherzer. It's not really going well. He signed Justin Verlander. He's not having a great year. He signed Francisco Lindor to a long-term deal. It's not really what they expected. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then you look at Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Look at my Orioles. I got my Orioles hat on today. The Orioles are two are uh, two games in front of Tampa Bay now. I saw that. For the yeah. best record in the American League. They just beat the Rays three out of four games. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think who makes the most money on the Orioles. It might be they signed Kyle Gibson for like, I think like a, like a, you know, an $8 million contract. Nobody on that team makes any money, but they're Is all. Is that Kurt Gibson's son or no? No. No, but they're all, they're all homegrown. The whole team is homegrown. Uh, I mean, that's the way, I mean, I, I think, I think these teams are hitting something. Like, I, I mean, I, getting back to, you, you know, switching to the Blazers. I think these teams are hitting something, you know. You, yes, you're, the fans aren't going to be happy because you're trading away a star. But if you keep the star and pay him $200 million, $240 million contract, and he didn't, he, they're going to shut it down. You shut him down because the team's doing terrible. Why pay someone that much money? Try to get rid of them, get a lot of assets for it, and let the young guys go out and play. You know, I mean, I think if you're not going to win, why keep the guys and play them a ton of money? Because then you got to go out and get a bunch of other players you have to pay a ton. And if that goes south, like the Mets, then you're stuck with a bunch of salary and nothing to show for it, right? Yeah, no, and, and that's what, that you know, honestly, that's what makes golf such a great game and why this, you know, silly team concept doesn't really, you know, make any sense, right? Uh, yeah, it's an it's an individual game. It really is. I mean, think about it. When you go to go practice, I, you know, I'm an I'm an ad the golf. I practice, have lessons. When I go out there and practice, it's just me. I mean, I'm just working on my game. I'm not working. I, no one has to throw a pass to me. I don't have to wait for the guy to uh, throw me a ball so I can hit it. I don't want to have to have a coach uh, toss with me, soft toss or hit balls in the air so I can go run and catch them. It's kind of a great sport. It's you know, it's like tennis. You can uh, you can go get a ball machine in tennis, and you can hit with that ball machine. You can work on your serve. You can hit against the board. It's kind of the same, right? It's kind of the same. Yeah. Um, but I you know look there's there's a, there's a value in team sports, but I just I just love the way that that you so know they tell kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just like you know teams that do it the right way, right? You know, yeah. and the uh, Orioles just won again. Uh, I, I love it. I love just it. one again. I, I mean, it's been years. I mean, Rich, you remember when the last, what year were the Orioles last in contention for anything? You know, well, they 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 were in the playoffs in six under Buck Showalter in like sixteen and seventeen. And they had a pretty good team, but they weren't really a, a World Series contender. Uh, but right. before that, it, um, it was it was probably back with the Robbie Alomar, uh, you know, teams in you know. What I was, I was a young resident. They were good. Those Jeffrey Mayer, Robbie Alomar teams, the end of Cal Ripken's yeah. career. So that would have been like 2002, 2003. Wow. You know, got some pretty mediocre baseball, but it, it's great. And they can't sell that team until the dad dies, right? They're waiting for the owner to die. Yeah. Right. Waiting yeah. Wow. for the owner to die. 
Well, and they, it, it, so are the kids involved? Are the kids really actively involved? I know we talked yeah, about last yeah. week. Kids well, they, actively they, involved? Yeah, there was a lawsuit. One of them, I can't remember. One's John Angelos and his brother. I can't remember his brother's name, but they. Uh, there was a lawsuit. The younger one was suing the mother and suing the older one, and and it was kind of a mess. But uh, so who has control of the team? The, the, old, the older, older son. Kid? The older son has control of the team, but they're they're supposed to sell. It's supposed to you know already be in Peter Angelos as well that when he dies they'll sell the team. I mean they don't have enough money to make it without him, right? I mean he's no, a wealthy guy, but he's not as wealthy as the rest of the people, right? Yeah, no, I. Yeah, he was a he was a he Maybe was a he'll lawyer. Sell it to Daniel Snyder. Oh my God, please no! I don't think Daniel Snyder. <laughs> I don't think Daniel Snyder is ever going to set foot back in the DMV again. But what I will say is, it sounds like they're they they're they're really thinking about changing the name from this stupid name Commanders to something better. You know, as as they said in Damn Yankees, the name's got to be better because it can't get worse. I guess uh, it, yeah, I guess it so. could get where they could call them the I don't know the they could call them the Wizards. <laughs> Another went, yeah, another, another terrible name. All right, well let's uh, let's let's anything else from the? It's been a terrible week. We, we were just talking about all these police, you know, police brutality, a policeman, you know, beating up a trans individual. That's awful. Uh, police, you know, sicking a dog on a young kid by mistake, and and here in yeah. Port, here in Portland at Good Samaritan Hospital, which is a hospital that I that I went to for many years. Guy came into the hospital up to the birthing unit and killed a security guard and then went out to another old hospital of mine where, you know, they unfortunately they were waiting for him. Um, uh, you know, it's that, funny. This what, guy in Portland, did, did he go to the wrong hospital? I think for, he went to the wrong I, hospital. I, I think he was, he, he had, uh, a rest, his, his ex-wife had a restraining order against him and he probably thought she it, was giving was birth. Was pregnant by another guy? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Here's, uh, you know, one of the women who works in my office, she said that one of her friends was just hanging out and this guy gets in the car and says, hey, would you drive me out to Gresham? I'll give you 20 bucks. And he did. He had no idea this was the shooter. The guy didn't harm him. He took him out to Gresham and, and, and drove away and then found out it was the it was the guy. He was an Jeez. unwitting getaway driver. Wow. How about just that? Just random guy ride. Huh? Ran, random guy ride. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. So so let's talk open championships. So I think for both of us, this is one of our favorite weeks of the year. So, you know, on on Wednesday night here on the West Coast, the open championship, the first shots were hit at about 1035 at night uh, on Wednesday night. And the first guy to hit a shot was this kid, Matthew Jordan, who's on the challenge tour, right? He's not on the full yeah. DP tour. He's on the challenge tour, but he's the club champion at this at, at Hoylake. And uh good player. He wound up uh shooting what four under par for the tournament. He had an amazing yeah. tournament. He's this really good looking guy, but but I mean, in typical British fashion, man, he is a good looking young man, good hair, you know, a handsome guy, but he has he has a mouth. He has some British teeth, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What, do you, what do you call them? You have a word for those, Steve. Summer teeth. Summer teeth. <laughs> summer, summer this way, summer that way. This guy, I mean, this kid is a good-looking kid. He has a girlfriend too. Good yeah. God! I hope she makes him get some. He's gonna get some new teeth. Some this dental work. Well, may, he's gonna have a lot of money that he can use on dental yeah. work because I don't think you make a lot of well, money on the challenge tour. 
I don't think so. Isn't isn't the Alex Fitzpatrick kid on the Challenge Tour as yes, well? Yes, he is too. He he had a great um, tournament. He had a great um, tournament. Beat his brother. Beat his brother. So so I'm sure you were you were you know up late on Wednesday night. I watched oh, Wednesday Thursday. Yeah, I wa I watched for like an hour or two at night, and then I then I woke up early and watched it early on on you know on Thursday and Friday morning, and then uh, I went up to Seattle to get my son on on friday night we got in at 1 30 in the morning and i got a few hours of sleep and got up and watched saturday morning as well you said you were up all night yeah i was pretty much up all night yeah i i, I planned my week that week around just no sleep or like making sure i get a little nap and then i wake up around 11 30 when they they start to see off even the later player the, the early players i like watching every moment of it i just love that and then, I just love that. I love that tournament. I love those courses, man. We had a, we had a great night on Saturday night. We we had a birthday, a 60th birthday dinner for our friend Steve Carlstrom, uh, with my son yeah. Sanders there, and then had a had a drink at at uh, at the Pink Pony, the Pink Rabbit. Pink Pony, yeah, uh, so fun at the Pink <laughs> Rabbit, and then uh, and then you probably just kind of stayed up and started watching, or got a couple hours. I did. Of I got home and then I stayed up and started watching. Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. Well, I'll tell I you, I think, I think I undersold the course. That course is, that course is worthy. It's worthy of the rotor. That's a, that's a, it really is. It's a tough course. Yeah. It's challenging. And, you know, it's a strategic course, right? Yeah, it really is a strategic course. If you look at, you know, you plot your way around the course. If you look at how Tiger won in 2006, he won by hitting iron and staying in what? Staying out of the fairway bunkers and Brian Harmon yeah. didn't hit. Did he hit one fairway bunker? All week? he hit some greenside bunkers, but I don't think he hit. He, a hit, fair... he only hit two bunkers all week. And, and was I on... know one on the 18th hole, he had hit a fair a, a greenside bunker. Yeah. And I don't know what the rest were. I think they were both greenside bunkers. So he wow. stayed out of the fairway bunkers because whereas some of the greenside bunkers were incredibly punitive, but some you could, you know, get up and down like, like Brian Harmon did at eight on 18, but the fairway bunkers, they're a shot, right? You know, fairway bunkers, yeah. you're not getting out of the fairway bunkers. You're, you're going sideways. It's the, I mean, I, without those bunkers, I mean, without those bunkers, any wind and a little rain, it's the, that course, you know? So well, I shouldn't say that because Brian Harmon just played better than everybody else. Yeah. Well, tell me. I mean, we could say Rory should have done this. Rory should have done that. No, I think uh, Brian Harmon just outplayed all of them. So tell me, if 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 somebody mentioned to you before this tournament, uh, explain Brian Harmon. What what is your, you know, explain Brian Harmon as a golfer to somebody who doesn't know anything about golfing. What would you have said before uh, this tournament? Uh, Rappy. Uh, consistent, uh, just a boring guy who, just a country guy who went to Georgia, who had a, a great amateur career. That's what I would have said about Brian Harmon. All I know about him, guy who lives, plays at a, plays with some good players, good friends of Davis Love. I would have said all those things about him. Would you have, call, would you have called him a journeyman or do you think he's better than a journeyman? I, I, you know, that's a good question. I think he's better. He's 36 years old. He's only one on tour twice. So, that's kind of the definition of a journeyman, right? Yeah, but he's, he's also... been on tour a long time, won a couple times. But he's also yeah. someone who always seems to be in it. He doesn't, you know, he's somebody who's on leaderboards a lot. He really is. You know, I, mean, you have, I was looking at Brian Harmon's tournaments this week. I mean, he's won, he came in second at the John Deere, which is a million dollars. 
he makes a lot of money doing this job, doing this for in his career. He makes a lot of money playing golf. But and like he's just you, consistent and very steady. But like you have the other Georgia guy, like you know, there's so many Georgia guys. But Russell Henley's another Georgia guy, right? And Russell Henley seems to like be really good and like win a tournament every couple years and be in contention yeah. a couple times a year. But then when he's not in contention, he's not necessarily good, right? Brian Harmon always seems to be kind of in it unless, you know, there's some courses that he just can't compete on, right? You know, he's not yeah. going to compete on on the bomber courses because he's not a bomber, but he's just tough. And, and you know what he's always been good at is the match play. Always been good at the yeah, match play. That's right. Always been good at the match play. Uh, and he didn't, he, I think he made it to the finals one year of the match play. He didn't win it. He did, yeah. But he's made, he, he made it to the finals one year of the match play. He's a, he's a, he's and you know what that means? That means he's going to be a good writer cup player. And we're, we're, we're going to get to that. So, by the way, our special thing today, I asked Stacy. So, you know, there's the PGA Tour season has two more weeks before the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs will present some opportunities for guys uh, to, to, you know, get some more points. But we have a pretty good idea of who, you know, who might be on the team right now. Nobody's going to jump up 20, 20 spots like, Wyndham yeah. Clark and Brian Harmon. So I asked Stacy, and I did it as well, to come up not just with the 12 guys we think are going to be on the Ryder Cup team, but the pods. So, you know, on the U.S. team, there's always pods. Two guys are always paired together. So, I, you know, I asked Stacy to come up with the six pods for the U.S. team and the six pods for the European side. And we'll do that. We'll do that at the end today after we do the after we do the rankings. Um so let's let's some other observations from 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 the tournament, Stacey. G give me give me some other things that about other golfers. Brian Harmon was fantastic. It's a you know uh, fantastic achievement for him. But give me give me uh, some other observations from the tournament. Tom Kim loved loved uh, Tom Kim from a kid who sprained his ankle pretty badly at his uh, the residence he was staying at. He slipped on some mud or something on the balcony. Tom Kim was amazing yesterday on Sunday. Uh, a good young star who hasn't been playing well but man he was great at the end uh victor hovland not so good at the end of this tournament uh played well early on but not so good john rom phenomenal on saturday but shooting the 63 and backing that up in the tournament and a major uh the record's not very good so but john rom was pretty phenomenal rory just a bit inconsistent on the greens it's I, I think he's taking too much time reading some of these putts and just, instead of just doing it. Uh, Justin Thomas missed the cut. Not good. Tony C now, those guys are in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. Tony's going to make the playoffs, but Justin's in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. And both of those guys are probably, they're not on my Ryder Cup team, but they're probably not going to make it unless they can really play well during the, uh, I don't think you can justify taking them over some of the players that are ahead of them in points because they're not playing that well. Let me tell but you. Overall, love the course. Uh, commentating, mm, British commentary, uh, pretty out there. Uh, for Maureen, right? She's good. Uh, but I don't know. I'm iffy about, I'm iffy about your boy. Uh, iffy about, I love, uh, I love, there are a couple of ones I really, uh, Brad Faxon absolutely thought he was good. Brad Faxon of course, was great. Mike Tirico is amazing. So, yeah. It was good to see Nick Faldo back on, on the broadcast. Nick Faldo loved it. Loved having him back. Tarico and so Faldo. That's, 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 that's the it. thing, though. Tarico and Faldo should be the number one team, and Dan Hicks and uh, and uh, uh, who Paul Azinger. 
Paul Azinger. Should yeah. be the number two team. I agree. I totally agree. So that was kind of my observations of the tournament. Well, let me give you some other some other names, some guys I was I was very impressed with. Uh, I think the U.S. has to be very worried about Sepp Straka. He's good. Uh, yeah. And he really should have been about nine under par. He missed some he missed some makeable putts, but he played uh, he played uh, he and Cameron Young. The ball striking was fantastic on the weekend. Cameron Young also ball striking outstanding. The putting terrible. Uh, Cameron Young was seven under par and five shots off the lead uh, after Saturday. He should have been 10 under par. He missed easy putts, but man, his ball striking was elite. Uh, Max Homa was uh, good enough. He needed to have a good performance in a major. He finishes in the top 10 of our picks. You win again because Tom Kim was the best of the guys that we picked. He was tied second. You picked Tom Kim. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood should have been there. Tommy Fleetwood triple bogeyed 17 on Sunday, or he would have been tied seventh. I, I, I thought Tommy Fleetwood was, was, my, was my potential winner after, after, uh, after Friday, and he should have at least been tied second. But, uh, yeah, he triple yeah. bogeyed 17 on Sunday, which put him back into tied 10th. Some other guys, I... I have to say that two guys who have kind of resurrected their careers this year uh, really uh, solidified that, backed it up, and those are Jason Day, who was also fantastic. Is there anyone better around the greens than Jason Day? Uh, oh, no. my God. He's, he's like Seve. He's the modern-day Seve. He was fantastic. Yeah. And Emiliano Grillo played great. Emiliano Grillo, top, top 10 in a major. At one point, we all thought Emiliano Grillo was going to be, you know, a top 20 player in the world. And, and he won earlier this year and top 10 in the major. That's uh, fantastic for Grillo. Shabaka Sharma, way to go. So Shabaka yeah. Sharma, I don't know if you remember, but in a WGC about four or five years ago, he was leading going into Sunday in a WGC and lost on Sunday. But he's been on the DP tour ever since. He's won a tournament or two, but, you know, he kind of reestablished himself as a possible you know, star on the DP World Tour with a tied with a with a top with a uh, excuse me tied eighth, and then you know the Challenge Tour guys Matthew Jordan and and Alex Fitzpatrick both played well. Thomas Dietrich played well. He kind of had a backdoor tied thirteenth. Um, wow! But like uh, wait wait till you hear where the European Ryder Cup standings are now because Thomas Dietrich is yeah. is uh, firmly you know in the in the running. The top golfer from the live contingent was surprise, surprise, Henrik Stenson, who finished tied 13th as well, uh, tied with Thomas Dietrich, and then had an interview where he basically lambasted the DP tour for removing him as captain and saying he wanted to discuss it with them. Uh, I think that's, he knew he was going to be taken out as, as the, as the Ryder cup captain, the second he joined live. I think that's disingenuous of, of Henrik Stenson. Yeah. Um, yeah, very. Um, and then, you know, looking at, at guys who maybe didn't play as well. Uh, you already talked about some of the guys who missed the cut, and we'll go into detail on Justin Thomas later. But Colin Morikawa missed the cut, barely missed the cut, but he missed the cut. Uh, former uh, champion golfer of the year, Keegan Bradley missed the cut. Uh, Seamus Power, Yannick Paul, Sahith Tagala, uh, Harris English. These are all guys who had Ryder Cup aspirations. Tony Finau. So, you know, there were a lot of guys, Sam Burns, another one, uh, Shane Lowry, uh, a lot of guys who are either in Ryder Cup position or uh, want to be in Ryder Cup position 
didn't play particularly well and missed the cut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those guys, a lot of those guys got to get going. I mean, how many, five, how many weeks left before the FedEx Cup? Four or five? five well, weeks? There's, there's only two. Two, two weeks two until weeks. the playoffs. Oh. Two weeks until the playoffs. Oh, They're in Detroit this okay. week at the 3M, and then they go to the Wyndham, which is the traditional end of the year uh, leading into the playoffs. Right. So I, I think I, I saw that Justin Thomas had committed to the Wyndham. I don't, I don't know if he's in Detroit or not, but I, I saw that he had committed to the Wyndham. Yeah, he, he's, he did, yeah. He's, he's out of, he's, you know, won't even get into the playoffs right now. Uh, well, we'll talk about Justin Thomas later. Why don't, why don't, uh, and one last comment. I, the, I just thought the most impressive thing about Brian Harmon was that on both Saturday and Sunday, he came out nervous and he admitted he didn't sleep. And he had two bogeys in the first five holes, I think, on Saturday and uh, Sunday. On Saturday, he bogeyed, what, one, one and three. And then on Sunday, two and five. Uh, and, and then, but right away, uh, both days got birdies to bring him back to even par and wound up under par for the day. It's just, it's so tough. So much mental it's fortitude. So, so much yeah. mental fortitude. And on both days, you know, on, on Saturday, you know, Cameron Young got close to him on Sunday, Sepp Straka and John Rahm. I mean, you have John Rahm, you know, he's the number two golfer in the world, but he's the best golfer in the world. He's the best. Golfer he is the best golfer. Yeah, he's, he's the best he golfer really in the world. Is. You have John Rahm, you know, who, 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 you know, creeps close to you and you could, you could give up, you could, you could do a Vandeveld, but you know, he didn't do it. Tough as nails. I mean, he that guy's tough as nails, man. I tell you, I mean, he wasn't making any punch yesterday, but hitting some bad shots, but the conditions weren't that, I mean, it was rainy. It was wet out there yesterday. I mean, as the commentators couldn't stop saying that, under most of those guys' umbrellas, it looked like a, a, a pro shop full of golf, uh, lot, lots of uh, lots of gloves. So, yeah, it was tough out there yesterday. But, man, Harmon, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Well, there was another good tournament on, on yesterday on the PGA Tour. Uh, oh there, was the, there was the Barracuda Championship. The Barracuda Championship oh, man. is the uh, modified Stableford tournament that gets played every year the same week as the Open Championship for the guys who aren't eligible. And uh, what a great win by Ashe Batia. Yeah, Batia. Ashok Batia. Yeah, Ashok, what, a, Ashok. What, a, what, what yeah. a good win. I mean, he, it, it, this kid is amazing. I've always liked him, you know. He's taught by the same guy who teaches, um, uh, who, who, did, who just got fired from Liv, Matthew Wolf. He's taught by the same instructor as Matthew Wolf, and this guy's really on social media. But this kid is Ashok Batia is very interesting. He had a, I think he had a full ride to uh, Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. He played one year. But I don't need. He didn't go. Oh, he didn't he turned he it go down. at all. I thought he played one year. He, no, he, he didn't down. go at all. Turned pro. Yeah, that was a, that was a question they asked me yesterday. How does this winning? How does this make your decision by not going to college? He goes, you know what? It's really been hard. And he goes, it's just hard. He goes, winning golf is hard. He goes, so many thoughts going through your mind of winning the tournament. He goes, it's very difficult. But what a good story. Turns. This kid, I followed him him on uh, Instagram. Turns pro 19, struggles, uh, too young to rent like a rental car. So he and his girlfriend uh, have to take up, uh, they have to rent a moving van to like travel from state to state sometimes when they're, tra when they're driving around. Uh, he grew up in Southern California, but he now lives in North Carolina. But it's just an impressive win by him. I saw him, I mean, on that drive, the first hole, by the way, what an amazing putt on 18, right? Yeah. And then that first drive on the playoff hole was amazing. And I felt bad for Patrick Rogers. I feel right bad for Patrick. It, it. It's hard to win. Yeah. Patrick Rogers was, you know, he was supposed to be 
all that. He was supposed to be one of the next great stars. And he, he stayed on the PGA tour now for eight or nine years. He doesn't lose his status, but he's never won. And you know, he's a journeyman. I mean, he really is. I mean, Patrick Rogers, there's a lot of history. I mean, he's a Stanford graduate, right? He, he won 11, 11 wins. Yeah. The most, most famous tiger, same as Maverick McNeely. Yep. Yep. Maverick McNeely, Tiger Woods and uh, Rogers have the most wins uh, in men's golf. But for women's golf, Roseanne had 12 wins. So she yeah. beat them all. I have to say, I was rooting for Patrick Rogers. I, I was. I wanted him to win. I, I feel he seems like a really good guy. He's from Indiana. Yeah. He's kind of a soft-spoken guy. I wanted him to win. But, I mean, you, yeah. have, to, you have to give it to, uh, to, to Ashke. I mean, he needed a birdie, yeah. birdie on 18, he, which is a tough hole yeah. there. He got it. Patrick Rogers barely missed a birdie to win the tournament. And then, and then, so, so here's a question for you, Stacey, you're a golf, you're a golfer. I'm, I'm not a golfer like you are. So Patrick Rogers hits a beautiful drive on the first playoff hole and it gets into a divot and he, and the second ball, uh, he chunks it and he winds up getting a bogey. Why, why shouldn't there be a rule? If I don't know if you were watching, but at one point in the Open Championship, John Rahm hits a ball and it got stuck in a sprinkler head, right? And he moved it. He's allowed to move it. A sprinkler head, he moved it. Why shouldn't you be able to, if you hit it into a divot, you hit it into the fairway into a divot, why shouldn't you be able to put the ball six, you know, six inches behind the divot and just hit? It just seems yeah, like an unfair, it yeah. seems like a, a rule that, that, who are you hurting? What? What integrity yeah. of the game? I mean, you hit a good shot. Patrick Rogers, apparently, I know he did. I was watching him. He hit a beautiful drive. It was a great shot. It was a beautiful drive. I mean, it, it didn't trundle down. It hit and then just kicked dead right, where Ashok Patia's ball hit, and it just kept going. So I think you're right. I think they need to change it. No one should be hit. I mean, first of all, it's not. It's inconsistent. Because if you're on the fairway, it's consistent. You're on grass. So I think if you are in the fairway, you hit a good drive, and you're in the divot, you should be able to take it out of divot. Go closer to the hole, you get a free drop. And I, I, I don't understand why they don't change the rules because it's really not fair. I mean, is it fair that you hit it 300 yards down there and you go into roll into a divot? No, that's just bad luck, right? It's bad luck. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You they shouldn't be penalized it. for hitting a good shot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah. well. And, this... and it's hard as hell to hit out of a divot, too. I mean, he was in the back of that divot, so I think he was worried about hitting it stolen it probably that's probably why he hit it fast you know i i don't know i mean i've been in divots before sometimes i'm playing with guys and if you're playing a tournament you get in the divot you have to play it out of the divot uh but sometimes even when i'm playing with some of my recreational golfers they want to move it out of the divot i'm like no you got to learn to hit those shots as it is the game of golf and that's the way it is well you know if super rules there are other rules that they've changed. Maybe they'll revisit that, you know, seeing as somebody lost a tournament on the basis of it, maybe they'll revisit it. Yeah. maybe. All right. Well, did you, did you watch any of the LPGA tournament? I think they finished on Saturday. You know, I didn't watch it. I just thought it was a team game, right? A team event. It was a team event and Cheyenne night one, which is impressive, right? Yep. Because Cheyenne night one. Good looking girl from the South. Cheyenne Knight, uh, she plays with Elizabeth Zokel. I don't even know Elizabeth Zokel. Never heard of her. And then in second place, uh, Met, uh, what is it? Matilda uh, Castron yeah. and Kelly Tan. I think Cheyenne, uh, Knight, Kelly Tan looks like Cheyenne Knight should play with Cheyenne Woods. That would be perfect. I know. That would be a good-looking couple. 
And then Celine Boutier and Yuka Sasso came in tied for third, uh, along with Jody Eurot and Shadoff or whatever her name is. Emma Talley came in third, tied for third. Celine Borg and Polly Mack, I've never heard of those. German Polly Mack came in tied for third. Stacey Lewis, that's a good, Stacey Lewis played with uh, Maria Fossey, and Maria Fossey's a great, it's a really good golfer. They came in sixth. And after that, uh, let me look at any notables. Not really too many notables. Jay Lee six should play with Jay Lee uh, five. M.H. Lee played with Jay Lee, but but six and five should play together. Then they could just say, they should then just say they're Jay Lee 11. I think they should just not have a tournament during that, uh, these major weeks. All the tours should just kind of take a, some time off, except for the PGA Tour, right? Have that and the PGA Tour, that's, and that's it. Well, the Champions Tour was off, and, and obviously the DP Tour merged. You know, they, they, the deep, there were a lot of guys from the DP Tour who played the Barracuda Championship as well. So Yeah, I saw that. Some of them started off hot. But, man, the Barracuda was good. I, I love the course. I, it's, it's hard course. It's not easy. And, I, you know, Bo Hoffler was in the mix for a little while. I don't know where he finished, but he was in the mix for a little while. Yeah, I was, I was sitting there. I was rooting for Joel Damon, Damon as well. And he, he yeah, kind of, he yeah. only got five points on the last day, finished tied 10th. Uh, Cameron Champ was playing in this. You know, guys who, you know, you would expect to be, you know, over at the Open Championship. Uh, I would think that Cameron Champ is, you know, would much rather be at the Open Championship. You know what, Rick, they were talking about Cameron Champ. Everyone was wondering, they're like, you know, he gr- they said he grinds it out. He's always on the range, hitting balls. But the guy was like, they got the broadcast was like, maybe he's just working on the wrong thing because he's always working on his long game. His long game is good. He needs to work on the wedge game, the putting, the wedge game. That's going to help a guy who hits it that far. I mean, why are you working on driver if you're already bombing it out there 300 yards, over 300 yards, you know, consistently? I mean, and that's, maybe that's what's going on with a lot of these players. I know that's that's how some of these other long hitters who have who you know Scotty Scheffler has a great short game except he can't putt right now. Wyndham Clark putted so well and and uh, yep. and uh, scrambled so well at the at the U.S. Open to win. Well, let's let's and go. Brian Harmon. And, Brian Harmon hits yeah. it. Uh, Brian Harmon hits it far and he hits it straight and he's a good iron player and he's a good good putter, good chipper. So, well, well yeah. let's let's go over the standings. Let's go over the Ryder Cup standings. Uh, on the U.S. side, how many weeks away now? Uh, well, two weeks, two weeks of tournaments, and then they have three weeks of playoffs, and so they're not going to determine the team until after. This. There's five more weeks. Five more weeks, and but the the playoff tournaments will will be worth more points. So these first two weeks, I don't think are going to be worth a lot of points. Uh, but the guys like Justin Thomas need FedEx Cup points to get into the playoffs, so they can get some Ryder Cup points. He's at 73 right now. 73, I believe. So Scotty Scheffler, you know, has a huge lead, um, followed by Wyndham Clark. And Brian Harmon moves up 17 spots, 17 spots from 20 to three. All right, here's a question for you. Who moved up the most spots on the Ryder Cup rankings other than Brian Harmon from from the Open Championship? Uh, You'll, You'll never guess it. Let's see. Who moved up? Uh, you're right. Cameron Young. Nope. Cameron Young moved up two spots. He moved up from 10th to 8th. I don't know then because Stuart, Brian Harmon. Stuart Sink. Harmon moved Stuart up 17 Sink. spots. Stuart Sink moved up 12 spots to 96 because he played pretty well. 
But that wow. was he was the biggest mover other than Brian Harmon. Um, okay. So Brooks Kepka's fourth, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley fifth and sixth. Max Homa played well, but he actually dropped down to seventh. Cameron Young went from tenth to eighth. Jordan Spieth from uh, eighth to ninth down. Keegan Bradley actually dropped three spots from seventh to tenth, uh, missing the cut. Colin Morikawa moved from ninth to eleventh, went down two spots, and Ricky Fowler stayed in twelfth. But then it's interesting. Sam Burns has been in position basically. From the time they started reporting the statistics, he's now in 13th. Justin Thomas now in 14th. Denny McCarthy, 15th. Kurt Kitayama, 16th. All these guys are down at least one because of Brian Harmon. Uh, Harris English down one. Tony Finau right now is in 19th. Chris Kirk in 20th. Sagith Tagala, 21st. Uh, Adam Shank, Taylor Moore, Tom Hoagie, Russell Henley, Eric Cole, Davis Riley, Keith Mitchell, Gary Woodland, and then Brendan Todd, who actually moved up two spots. He played well at the Open Championship. Wow. All right. Now, on the European side, no change in the European Tour standings. Uh, Rory McIlroy remains on top after winning the Scottish Open, followed by John Rahm and Robert McIntyre. And then the next three who would get in on world points, uh, Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, and Tommy Fleetwood moves up one, Matthew Fitzpatrick down one. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick is now technically in a captain's pick position, Fleetwood wow. in an automatic position. Sepp Straka moves up one from uh, a ninth to eighth. He leapfrogs Shane Lowry, who moves down uh, to, to uh, ninth. And then 10th, 11th, and 12th stay the same. It's Justin Rose, Adrian Moronk, and Seamus Power. Now, the guy who moves up to 13th, Victor Perez down one, Alex Noren up one. Thomas Dietrich up four. So Thomas Dietrich, wow. who was who was like 17th or 18th, is now up to 13th. Or is now, excuse me, is now up to 15th. He was 19th before. Rasmus wow. Hoygaard misses the cut and he moves down one. Um, and then the other guys down below who moved up, Antoine Rosner, who played quite well, moves up four. He and uh, Alexander Bjork moved up four. Juice Leuten moves up three. And Nikolai Hoygaard goes up one everybody else moved down one or two but the big loser in this you know the last couple month or so is yannick paul who's now uh in 19th position on world points and you know not that close on european points and he was in Ryder cup position for a long time wow wow, wow. yeah it's gonna be interesting so now i already the, have my pick so the dp tour they're playing regular events because they don't do their playoffs until after the Ryder cup. So they have yeah. more regular events, um, but it remains to be seen how many of these guys are going to play uh, and have the ability, there's no more majors and have the ability to pick up, you know, big points uh, before captain Luke Donald makes his selections. How many of these guys are in the uh, Moronk and all those guys are in the FedEx cup. Uh, they're going to be in the race FedEx cup, so they're probably going to play here and try to win a bunch of points. Right. And, the, and yeah, unless, you know, I, I think there's two strategies. I mean, if you're Robert McIntyre, I'm not going to play on the FedEx tour. I'm going to play on the European tour. I'm going to keep building up my European points because that's his way in. He may or may not get in on world cup points, but he's going to get in on European cup points. So he doesn't want Yannick Paul or Victor Perez to pass him for some of these other guys. They ought to play over here and, you know, try to get in the playoffs or something so so they could, you know, get but big you points. you make more money if you make high – I mean, if he plays 
ten in the top ten in all those events is based on money, right? So yeah, he would probably make more points than winning a DP tour. Then I would, I would, know, I would right? think if if, if uh, Robert McIntyre really wants to play, I think his best road to the Ryder Cup is stay in third on on European points, and you're not going to get any European points playing, you know, the Wyndham Championship. So we'll see what he does. It, get it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, All right. He's too far behind the world. All right. So now what we're going to do is this. Uh, we now have, I think, a really good idea of, of who's going to be on these teams. And we're going to pick our 12 guys who are going to be on the teams, uh, but we're going to pick them in pairs because at least in the U.S. they have this pod system, so you always get the same guys playing together in pairs. And let's just assume they're going to do that on the European uh, tour as well. Now, the one thing that we don't understand are things like who plays what ball, because that's not that's not negligible. It's not a negligible effect, is it? You know, if one guy plays a high spin ball and another guy plays a low spin ball, and the, you know, and they have to be in a uh, in a uh, uh, a foursomes competition. Because that's why Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson were, you know, one of the reasons they were a bad pairing is they played such different balls. I think they just like each other. And they both played terrible those days, and they shouldn't have been paired together. Yeah. But, but let's just, we don't know that. So so understanding that, um, let's let's go back and forth. So you pick, you pick a pair uh, uh, on the European side, or on the American side, and then, and then I'll... I'll, I'll do my best. You know, if, if we overlap, we haven't talked about this. So if we overlap, then I'll say, yeah, I have the same pair. And if not, I'll give you, I'll give you my pair with one of the two guys. Okay. So we're going to take our pair, our six, uh, we're going to take all our players for, we're going to do Americans first, right? Then we, European. We can, do, we can do Americans first. So who's, okay, cool. give, give me, how, give me, a, give me a pair of Americans that you have. A uh, pair of Americans that I have, Scotty Scheffler and Brian Harms. Okay, so you have Scotty Scheffler and Brian Harmon. Um, that's that'd be a good pair. That'd be a good yep. pair. You know, uh, Brian Harmon can putt. Scotty Scheffler is, you know, one of the best. You know, T to Green is is by far the number one player in the world right now. Uh, I thought similarly. I wanted to pair Scotty Scheffler with a good putter, um, and I wanted to to pair him with somebody familiar. Uh, so I picked Jordan Spieth. And I think that tells you yeah, who I don't who I don't think is on the team because normally Jordan yep. Spieth would be playing with 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 somebody else. But yeah, I thought these are two, one. and they're both Texas guys. They're both yeah, they're both yeah. guys from UT. Uh, Jordan Spieth, especially in these competitions, is a great putter, but not necessarily a great ball striker. Uh, he's uh, and and Scotty Scheffler is again best in the world, tee to green, but he's not putting. So that's my pair. Okay, okay. Uh, give me another pair. Wyndham Clark and Max Homa. Okay. So why did you pick Wyndham and Max Homa? Well, Wyndham drives it straighter than ever. Uh, he's good at a lot of things, but Max drives it straight. He's a good iron player, and he's a good putter, and he's good around the green. So I, I don't think Wyndham, Wyndham's okay putt chipper, I think, but he's a good putter and a good driver. And I think Max Homa's a better iron player, so that's why I chose Max Homa. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... Uh, your first guy, you had Brian Harmon, who I didn't pick before. And I have I have Brian Harmon with Wyndham Clark. Uh, That's a good one. I, I just, you know, I thought, you know, 
Brian Harmon is so intense and so tough, and and Wyndham Clark's kind of new to this. And even though Brian Harmon's not a not a is it, even though Brian Harmon's a rookie, he has so much match play experience. Walker Cup, uh, the WGC match play. I thought he'd be a good partner for Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark hits the ball a mile. I just thought yeah. that would be a good stabilizing pair. I like it. Yeah, that's really good. The next one I chose was Cameron Young and Jordan Spieth. And the reason I chose that, uh, Cameron Young has not been playing it well, but he's a heck of a driver. Uh, he's an okay iron player, but Jordan Spieth is typically a very good putter and a very good iron player. So that's why I put those two together. Hey, it sounds like we have similar, different different teams, but similar philosophies, trying to trying to pair together good uh, you know, long hitters with good short game guys. And I kind of yeah. did the same thing. I, you know, I have Cameron Young with Ricky Fowler, and yeah. and it's kind of the same philosophy. And and part of it also, of course, Cameron Young. This is going to be his first Ryder Cup. Ricky Fowler is a, a rookie. I think Cameron Young's really intense. You know, I, I've heard that he's kind of a red ass, and Ricky Fowler is one of those guys who just everybody likes. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, Ricky Fowler has been a great putter this year. Uh, yep. As well, he yeah. has his putting stroke back. So I picked, you know, again, very similar rationale, uh, just different players. I have Cameron Young and Ricky Fowler. So the next pair, I'm going to say the best, for the, not the best last, but this is an interesting pair. I put Ricky Fowler together with uh, Brooks Kepka, And mm-hmm. the reason I put it, I, they're both, I mean, Kepka's been a, been, he's, he's kind of an old guy in this game now when it comes to Ryder Cup. Ricky was on a lot of Ryder Cups before. But I think putting those guys together, Ricky is a great iron player. His driver's good. He's consistent, good putter. And he's also good around the green. Kepka drives it pretty well. He's a good putter. And his iron plays pretty good. But I think the mix of those guys between their two games or putting, between the putting, chipping, driving, I think they're going to be a formidable team. I think they'll be hard. They'll be a hard out. They're both competitors. And I think Ricky Fowler might be the only guy who want to play with Kepka on this team. Because they live in the same community, kind of, you know, they're close. I don't know if they're good friends, but, you know, they know each other. So Very interesting. I, I can't see pairing with anybody else, you know, except for maybe Wyndham Clark. I don't know. Well, you can't have two big ballers like that. I obviously, I mean, Brooks Kepka is going to be on the team, so I didn't have him with Ricky. You'll see who I have him with in, in a little bit. Okay. Um. So, so far, at least every player, we have the same players on the team. We don't have any disagreements about players yet. My next team, uh, one of the guys you've already mentioned, is Colin Morikawa and Max Homa. Uh, I have that as a team, and that's my Cal team. Uh, and Colin is not in the best form. Max Homa is a really intense guy, and and Colin Morikawa is more laid back. I just think they'll be comfortable together. They're both, you know, they're both Cal guys. Uh, Morikawa of so far of the guys that I've picked is probably, you know, maybe the the 12th guy on the team, but he's so talented and such a good ball striker. And at this course, ball striking is going to be a premium. It's going to be a European course. It's going to be a ball strikers course. So I think you have to have Morikawa on the team. And he is in, I think, 11th position right now. He's not in 12th or 13th. So I think Morikawa and Homa would be a comfortable pairing. All right. I think so. I think that'd be a good one. So for me, I didn't take the two Gal guys, but I put I put Kalamarikawa with uh, damn I forgot this. I, let me go with this one. I, I'm going to Xander and Cantley. I forgot those two. Jeez. All right, so so I think we both 
are going to have Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley. They were they've been stars in the last two events. They were stars in the Ryder Cup. They were stars in the President's Cup. They're best friends. Yeah. They complement each other very well. Uh, yeah. Patrick's so laid back. Xander Shoffley uh, is a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit more intense. But the fact of the matter is, they're good friends. They're both top ten players in the world, and they were our, you know, uh, what was the name? Uh, 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 what was Tom, uh, Tommy uh, Fleetwood? Uh, oh, Mollywood. They were our Mollywood. Molly, there are right. Justin Rose, well, Henrik Stenson. They they won everything. They might be our new. They might be our new Justin Thomas and uh, Jordan Spieth. Huh? And Jordan Spieth, the guys to go out first and just set the tone. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Yeah. Uh, so my last. This pairing, is the last pick. I put, yep. The last pick. I put Colin Marikawa with Keegan Bradley. Okay. And the reason I did that, I like Keegan Bradley. He's tough. He drives it well. He's won this year, so he's got a lot of confidence. He's a good driver of the ball, good iron player, and his putting pretty is okay. Better. And Marikal was just good at everything all around, except for putting kind of iffy. But I think these two guys, they're going to be. A, these are two. These are two guys I would send out second. I send Cantley and Xander out, and I send these guys right behind them. Get some early points on the board. I think they're good. Or I'd have them in the rear. To, to bring it home but yeah i really like this i like those two together wow well we've picked the same 12 guys neither of none neither of us picked tony Finau, justin thomas or sam burns no. uh, i have those guys are out i have brooks kepka with keegan bradley and my rationale oh. for that my rationale for that is brooks kepka just always comes out as kind of a guy who doesn't care right you know kind of the dustin yeah. johnson i don't care keegan bradley's gonna care you know yeah. in the last Ryder cup you know, Brooks Kepka played a lot with Daniel Berger. They were Florida State buddies, and Daniel Berger's a red ass. And I think it brought out the best in Brooks Kepka, who played really well at Whistling Straits. So Daniel yeah. Berger obviously hasn't played in the last year. He's not going to be there. But Keegan Bradley's kind of a red ass, uh, and he's very intense. He loves the Ryder Cup. And I think that, yeah. that, that like Daniel Berger did, he'll, you know, maybe be able to get the best out of, you know, you know Brooks Kepka, who sometimes seems to have – you know, kind of the attitude that he's he's better than all this, you know? Yeah. He's lucky to be on the team. I was lucky to have lucky to be lucky to be on the team. Well, I mean he did win the PGA championship, but he's lucky that the live players haven't been excluded from the team. Yeah. All right. So that's that's I mean we had it, it's interesting. I think we only had one pairing in common, the 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 Patrick Cantley Xander Shoffley pairing, which is kind of the most obvious pairing. But we had all 12 players in common. All right. Yeah. So let's move on to the Europeans. And maybe I'll go first for the Europeans. Okay. So my first pairing on the Europeans. And, you know, Rory McIlroy has been saddled with some, you know, less than stellar partners over the years. Some of the captains have put him with the Andy Sullivans and Danny Willits and, you know, guys who kind of dragged him down. Um so there's there's a balance between giving Rory an outstanding partner and giving him somebody who's going to feel comfortable with. Um, I put him with Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry was one of the few guys on the European team in at Whistling Straits who was intense, who was focused, involved. I don't think Shane Lowry is going to. I, I think he really cares the way Rory does, and I think Rory appreciates that. Uh, I wouldn't want to see Rory with just some rookie. I wouldn't want to see Rory with someone who doesn't care as much as he does. 
and I think that would be a good pairing. Maybe Shane Lowry is not in his best form, but he's not in bad form. He's kind of yeah. in mediocre form. But I think like Ian Poulter uh, back in the day, uh, the Ryder Cup will bring out the best in Shane Lowry and a McElroy-Lowry combination will be, you know, a threat to get points anytime they would go out there. Yeah, you know, I like that combination. I thought about that combination. I like it. But Shane Lowry is a guy who, you know, he's a guy who's been on this team. He's kind of a leader on the team. So they're going to have a lot of young players. So I put Shane Lowry with Robert McIntyre. I think it would be good. Robert McIntyre is kind of a hard ass. He, he plays hard. He goes after it. So I think those two would be good together. One young guy on the team, a rookie with a veteran who's won a major, who knows this competition and knows how to win. So I put him with him. I put those two together. All right. Well, let's see. Um, you put Rory and... So, so my obvious team is Tommy Fleetwood and Ty Hatton. They played together a lot in the last Ryder Cup. Uh, they're both, you know, Englishmen. They seem to like each other. They're both in form. Uh, so I, I think that will also be a premier pairing for Luke Donald. I think I think he'll put those guys together. They, you know, they 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 were not great at whistling straights, and I think that was more Tommy. Tommy just I think that was when his mom was going through illness, and he just yeah. he just his body language was terrible. He's back in form. He's playing well. Uh, two great ball strikers. Two good putters. Uh, I think that's you know a very natural pairing. That's good. That, I think you're right. I put Rory with Fitzpatrick because I think Fitzpatrick, Rory is going to drive it. Fitzpatrick does everything. He's a good putter. His chipping's not so good, but his iron play is good. So I think if Rory's going to hit it out there, Fitzpatrick would be the perfect player to pair with him because his iron play is really good. And then you know I, I think with putting. Uh, Patrick Fitzpatrick is a bit better than Rory, but I think those guys reading greens together, I think they could be a formidable team. You got a guy who hits it far, the guy that doesn't hit it as far, but very consistent with design and a good putter. So I put those two together. All right. Well, uh, my next team, I'm going to save John Rahm. My next team is, you know, one of the best European Ryder Cup players who is been Justin Rose. And he didn't play yeah. two years ago because yeah. he, he wasn't in form, but Justin Rose is back in form. Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson were a great combination. They never lost. You know, did, did Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson ever lose? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I figure, I figure Victor Hovland can be the next Henrik Stenson. Scandinavian guy, yeah. fantastic ball striker. You know, the only thing he's not great at is scrambling, but he's gotten a lot better at it. Uh, always, you know, Victor Hovland's a top 10 player in the world and Justin Rose is just a great Ryder cup player. And one of those people, everybody likes, he's kind of, he's kind of almost the Tony Finau or Ricky Fowler of the European side. Everybody likes Justin Rose. So I just thought that would be a combination for Luke Donald to put out again, very consistently, you know, uh, Justin Rose and who else? Uh, and Victor Hovland. And Victor Hovland. I just, Victor Hovland okay. just, he's, he's Henrik Stenson. He's just Norwegian instead of yeah. Swedish. Well, that's interesting. So I chose Victor Hovland and Ty Hatton. I think Victor Hovland hits it a mile, a mile. Ty Hatton is a good iron player, and so is Victor. But I think Hovland's okay putter, and, and Hatton's a better putter. So I put those two together because I think they really could, I think they could really be a formidable team because, he, like I said, Victor Hovland drives it down there a long ways, and Hatton's a really good iron player. And they're both and the head better putting. So I would, I chose those two guys. I think they would be a formidable team as well. 
See, I'd worry. I like about, mixing up. I, I'd, you like? I'd worry about that about? team. Here, here's why I'd worry about it. Victor Hovland, when he messes up, has that stupid smile on his face. You know that kind of you know what me worry yeah. smile on his face. And Ty Hatton's so intense. I'm worried that if Victor Hovland like misses a five foot putt to lose the match, that the Ty Hatton will just haul off and 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 and, and hit him in the face. <laughs> hit him in that would. dumb smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that smile is so so shitty. It's here's like that. that, that it's like that Phil Mickelson. Thumbs up. Yeah. You know, Victor Hovland just has that kind of, I like Victor Hovland. Don't get me wrong. I like him a lot, but he has that kind of punchable, you know, what me worry, Alfred E. Newman-y face. Uh, yeah. And I just, I just worry that, that Ty Hatton would like, you know, let Knock you know, right off the head, huh? yeah, cold cock him. All but right. I think that could be a good, I think that could be a good thing. I think he, I mean, I think Ty Hatton could fire up Victor Hovland. You need someone to fire Victor Hovland, you know, he's not a fiery guy. He's got that stupid smile on his face, but he's not fired. I think Ty Hatton will put light and fire in it. It's a good good choice. Um, All right. So I thought long and hard. You know, John Rahm has been with Sergio Garcia, you know, since since he got in the Ryder Cup, and he's obviously not going to have Sergio Garcia. But, you know, Rahm was the young guy. So I think it's time for Rahm to mentor somebody, but you don't want to put somebody – I know you're going to put him You don't want to put somebody bad with John Rahm. You don't want to lose points. I am so impressed with the way Sepp Straka is playing. Uh, and Sepp Straka is a great ball striker. Uh, he's not maybe a great putter. John Rahm, you know, when he's hot and focused is, you know, is lights out on the greens. Uh, they yeah. both hit the ball a long way. And Sepp Straka is a birdie machine. He is a birdie, birdie machine. machine. He is like Tony Finau. He makes some bogeys. But he makes a lot of birdies too. I, of I would say, yeah. I would say, if if you're Zach Johnson and you see John Rahm and Sepp Straka, you're gonna, you're, that's a team you're gonna worry about. Yeah, that's a team that you're gonna be worried about. That's it. a team that there's none of your American sides that you're gonna guarantee a point against John Rahm and Sepp Straka. Yeah, yeah, I ditto. I had wow, I have the same team. Oh, John you do. Rahm okay. And Sepp Straka. Yeah, I did. I have the same team. Yeah, they were actually that was the first team on the pods. That was the first one I had on my list. John Rahm and Seth Straka. So you have the same. I have the same team. Probably the same reasons. All right. The fifth team. I have... The the European teams have always been more prone than the American teams to sit people out, right? To have a group that just doesn't play a lot or might only play one out of four sessions. And they've even had times in recent years where guys haven't played in the doubles and only played in the singles. So I really have it set up for Luke Donald to do that and have one team that doesn't play very much. Um, but the last team that will play there, you have to have five teams. You can't have four teams that play all the time. The last team that I think will play a lot is uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick and Robert McIntyre. And, you know, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, although he's not been a good Ryder cup performer in the past, his game is different. He's, you know, he, he now has 20 yards that he didn't have, at whistling straights and he's now yeah. a veteran he's won the open championship and i think he's a good person to pair with a rookie uh, robert mcintyre who you know really we've known about for some time but exploded onto the yeah. world stage yep. has a big game uh and you know i i don't think robert mcintyre is someone that uh that Luke Donald wants to hide, especially after seeing him at the Scottish Open, the way he finished oh, yeah. that tournament under pressure yep. in his national championship. He didn't he didn't lose that tournament. He he no. you know, Rory won it. Robert McIntyre made Rory, you know, make those birdie putts on 17 yeah. and 18, made him earn it. 
So I think he's he going to have it. trust in Robert McIntyre. And I think Matthew Fitzpatrick is a better player than he was two years ago and six years ago when he, when he played in the, when he played in the Ryder cup. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's why I put uh, Rory with Fitzpatrick because I think those guys are formidable. Uh, and I like Lowry with McIntyre because he's a closer. And, and we've known him for a long time. He's a pretty dang good player, darn good player. Uh, so then I, so the next game I have, this is an interesting one. I have Tommy Fleetwood with Rasmus Hargard. Oh, okay. Tommy's, Tommy's a, a, a veteran. This whole guy, you got to start getting these guys in. Uh, he hasn't up, up he hasn't been playing well, but I think he's going to make the team. Hogarth, that is, and Tommy Fleet was great, so I think it was good to have a uh, have a guy who's been on the team with you know just some really good experience take a young guy along the way, and I think those guys could be good. Hogarth hits to the mile, and Tommy Fleet was a really good iron player, and he's a good he's a pretty good putter when he can get things going. So. I think those guys would be really good, a good team. Well, thank goodness we didn't have the same 24 players. We finally have, we finally are going to have a difference. But, but my right. last, my last team, I kind of had a similar philosophy, Stacy. So I have as the young rookie, and this is my team that I'm obviously saying is going to be hidden a little bit. They might only play one session out of four. You have Adrian Moronk, uh, who is, you know, the young Polish player who's been great this year. Uh, and I, and I wanted to have him with someone who had a little bit of experience. So what I did on the European side was I didn't take Seamus Power. I bypassed Seamus Power, and I took Alex Noren, who's a little older, uh, a little older. He was great when he played in the Ryder Cup uh, in France, uh, and he's right now in 13th. So, you know, there's no shame in yeah. taking someone 13th, and he's in reasonable yeah. form. Uh, and I just thought he would be a good veteran presence. I think, you know, when you have somebody as green as Adrian Moronk, who might not even quite understand how big the Ryder Cup is, uh, I thought having a veteran with him was a good idea. And you know, as I looked down the list of who I could pick, you know, who who I have an, who's not already on the team, I had Seamus Power, Victor Perez, Thomas Dietrich, Rasmus Hoygaard, uh, and you know, to me it was a no-brainer. Alex Noren's a veteran. Uh, He'll play well, but they're not going to play a lot. It's, you know, they're, they're not going to play three yeah. sessions. They're going to play one session. Well, I, 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 I like that. I mean, we went down the list to get Nor, and I think Rasmus Hogarth deserves it. He's been the most consistent player out of all of them the last couple of years. So he and his brother have been really consistent. Well, he's, they've both been winning. They've got kids that won a lot in the last couple of years. So I think you got to go with the, you got to go with the young kids at this point. Uh, so my last group, I put, I picked Adrian Moronk and Justin Rose. I, I think having just Adrian Moronk has had a really good year, solid couple years. Uh, Justin Rose is fine this form. Moronk hits as far. He, he's a pretty good putter. I think he's a good iron player. But Justin Rose is coming. He's starting to play a lot better. And you need that rookie, that rookie along with some uh, some experience. And I just, I think Justin Rose would be the right guy to bring him along. Good team, same. I mean, obviously, we had the same philosophy. It's just different, one different guy. Yep. Uh, yep. One all right. Guy. Well, we'll see. You know, there's there's still you know about five weeks of golf to play before these guys, you know, before the final yeah. picks are made. Uh, getting excited. You know, we now have our entire itinerary planned for the Ryder Cup, and uh, yeah, it's uh, not. It's two months. I, I away, two months. Two months away, Stacy. Two months away. Two months gonna, away. Two oh. months. Two months from now, we're going to be in. What is it? Today's the 24th. On the 24th, uh, we're going to be in Cologne, Germany. Uh, in the 25th, we're going to be in Berlin. 
And then on, I think, the 28th, we're going to be in Rome. Yeah, that's right. And right. I tell you, it's exciting. I'm well, ready. The so. PGA Tour is going to be in Detroit Rock City this week at the 3M Championship. Defending champion is uh, Art is uh, t- is uh, Tony Finau. And uh, he better defend that champion. He better he better defend it. And uh, oh, actually, I know that they already were in Detroit. That's where he won. They're, they're in Minnesota. Uh, oh, the 3M, yeah, 3M in Minnesota. Yeah, 3M in Minnesota. Yeah, Tony Finau won both of those tournaments last year. But yeah, they're in Your Minnesota. Your heart's in Detroit, I know. I know yeah, in well, I picked a song for Detroit. I screwed up, but I'm going to play my song anyway because <laughs> I love this song. This was probably, uh, what, what, what concert have you gone to that you're like, you know, you, you hesitate to p- tell people you saw this band in concert? Is there someone you're like, yeah, you know. Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Oh my God. As I, as I go home every day, there's a banner. Sam Smith is coming to, to the, yeah, I have Center. Tickets, by the way. you have tickets. I, I don't think I'm going I to do. You don't uh, want to go, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, billboard for Sam Smith is, uh, it's something. He's a little out there. He's the same when I, when I was about 13 or 14 years old, my best friend, uh, was Mark Maroon and Mark Maroon, uh, got me into this band. And so, his father, Mark Maroon's father, uh, whose name was Fred Maroon, was a very dignified man. He was the chief um, uh, photographer for the National Geographic and went all over the world taking pictures for the National Geographic. He's a formal, very formal Lebanese guy. And he took us to this concert. And, uh, you know, I can only imagine the hell that, that old Fred Maroon went through taking his son and his son's best friend to see kiss Detroit Rock City I should have played this for the for the rocket mortgage <laughs> 